So we got another episode of the Real World on the Building. Uh, I got the pleasure of having my homie Shannon back. Um, we're not going to talk politics this time, but what's going on, sweetheart? Hello. Hello, Real World. Nice to be with you guys again. So uh, over the last week, we clearly had um, a bunch of TMZ like type activities that affect the black community. Um, we're talking about OJ again. Um, I don't really know what the fascination is with this, but like, for example, uh, they decided to show his parole hearing on TV. Why is it that in 2017, we still care about OJ? Uh, that got 13 million viewers across eight different networks. It's like, hot item of the week to watch. Um, it's the news. Everybody's going to be fascinated with the juice. The latest black man in drama. Sad, but... Don't true. get me wrong. Like, I think that... Um, I get it. There's a fascination around him. But he's been in jail for nine years. The world's kind of gone on. And yet, any move that this man makes, we're still captivated by it as a society. Um... What, the OJ trial was, what, 20 years ago? 22, something like that? Like, 95? Yeah. I'm still caring about what's going on in his life. Watching that 94 Bronco, we all watched it. But before all of his problems and his legal issues, I mean, he was a sports icon. He was iconic, although he didn't really care about uplifting his own people uh, with his fame and fortune, but... People idolize him. He was the first black man to be a real corporate sponsor, have corporate sponsorships. Is that what his claim to fame is? Um, yeah, I mean, he was a mega media star. Post-NFL career, he had a pretty long, extensive television and movie career. You don't remember so I know he did Naked Guns? Yeah, I, he had the big part in Naked Gun. I definitely remember him running through the airport for the Hearst commercial. Um, and this isn't to knock him. Like, I know he, you know, would do TV spots and stuff like that. But I'm still trying to figure out why it was him and why everybody loved him so much. Um, specifically, you know, it's always crazy where he, he had the line, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Hove made a song about it and talked about it. And it's just like, we look back at it and he, he clearly thought that he was a black, black guy going through like USC. I think he came from Oakland. Um, first wife was black uh, and then he flipped it <laughs> and given where we stand as a society and how we speak to race how was he able to do that and kind of move um, in a way where people didn't necessarily associate him with the same things they did most other black people so you're right he could make moves he could move to Brentwood have a really nice house before he um, killed his uh his ex-wife, and I'll say allegedly because he wasn't convicted of it, but you know, I still believe he did it. They bulldozed his house, he moves away, you know, they get him on robbing somebody for his own stuff like years later, and he gets the exact same sentence that he would have got if he wouldn't have gotten convicted for murder. Oh yeah, that was the man being like, oh, yeah, I, you eluded me once, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you on this this last time. You make one mistake. He got arrested for a whole bunch of like random things that ended up in the news after, you know, the murder case. Like he got arrested. 
like that uh I think I want to say it's like four or five part doc that ESPN did on OJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know about it. I didn't see it. All right. So the reason I asked that is because it seemed like as long as he was in Cali, he was still kind of moving in a way that would have been perfectly acceptable. But it was that the community kind of ostracized him so much that this is when he kind of flipped out and started to be kind of like a different guy. Um, and so, like, my question to you is how much of what he's become is kind of society's fault? Well, you know, that's a real overarching question, but I'll start kind of by answering what you, you said uh, previously. It's like, you know, OJ really thought that he was bigger than racial issues. And for him to be in, you know, post-1968 America and not attempt to, to identify with his own race in a way that was uplifting to more African-American men and, and women. Um, you know, he, I think, really developed this psyche of that he could also transcend his own race. And so, therefore, saw himself as just OJ. Bigger, bigger than the man, bigger than the brand. And, you know, he's kind of like that first crossover rap artist that makes it onto the Billboard charts. Or, you know, that first... That first pop art is like Selena when she, she you know, trans over from Tejana music into to U.S. billboards. So they transcended over and raised the past and be acceptable, be mainstreamed. But OJ's, you know, between his NFL history and, like I said, his legacy in Hollywood, he really thought that he was untouchable. I think that's probably the overarching theme of probably anything we talk about today is, you know, sort of celebrities thinking they are untouchable, not being held accountable for and held to the same standard as your average black man. So it's interesting how both black and white people love and hate OJ. Most people think he did kill Nicole. But some were able to get past that. Because, you know, it was 1994 in LAPD. Everybody hated LAPD. You just assumed that the cards were stacked against him and all of a sudden it was a black man, you know, being persecuted again. But the evidence, and we all watched the trial, was like way too (laughs) overwhelming. Um, But, yeah, he kind of got, even though he didn't support his community, he got the layover sympathy of Rodney King and that whole era of, you know, F the police. Well, that and he had Johnny Cochran. Johnny was good. Yeah, Johnny yeah. got the community behind him. He basically switched up his image. Um, he did. So, and this is, it's probably not relevant, but I'm curious. In 94, did you think he did it or did you think he was... Oh, I'm pretty sure I thought he did it. Really? I mean, as you were listening to all of the, you must have quit, the don't glove don't fit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to And I mean, it just, <laughs> you know, yes, Kaka was good, but in my mind and to my recollection, the evidence was very clear. Everybody in my family was like, nope, OJ didn't do it. So 
Now, was I excited when he got off a little bit? It's like, we got one. The wrong one, but we got one. Yeah, I don't think I'd, I recognized that being it. Like, I was a freshman in high school when the, the verdict came out. Like, I do remember that being in class when it came down. Um, but it's so interesting that, you know, you fast forward again, like I'm saying, like 20 plus years, and I'm thinking, like, fuck, OJ did it. <laughs> There's no denying that. And he got off and he was stupid enough to get caught. And so it's this situation where you have these celebrities who believe that they're kind of above the consequences of their actions or that the stuff that they're doing just isn't wrong. Obviously it is. Um, Kind of leads me into like a segue, uh, mostly just because I want to know, what do you think about R. Kelly? On my constant pedophile list everywhere, it's beyond me. I mean, this has just been years and years and years of repeated behavior. Like, how, how many child pornography indictments does it take to get R. Kelly's <laughs> convicted? Did you watch the tape of him playing a little girl? Oh my gosh, with the Spice Girls music. I just, oh, yes, I did. I wish I didn't. I never watched that. Yeah. Like, I was, thought, oh. I, I was thought, like, yo, this. Something just weird that I don't want to do. Um, but she was slow winding to Backstreet Boys. It was quite traumatizing. So here's where I wanted to kind of go with this. Um, we've known about R. Kelly doing stuff that's mad questionable forever. R. Kelly sold albums after this. I'm pretty sure Best of Both Worlds popped off around the time that this is, was going on. Um, remember the song with Jay-Z? Uh, Jigger. Not guilty. Not guilty. You know, yep, like they had a lot of stuff kind of popping off around him. Uh, but even before that, like, he wrote Aaliyah's first album, AJ Nothing But a Number. And then he married her at 15. So we have this kind of pattern. Why is it that we've made it acceptable to kind of rock with him and support him? I have no idea. Because if you tell him you were really in chocolate factory in college, I'm going to call you a liar. I did. You always listen to R. Kelly songs. You, the, you hear Step in the Name of Love at like every black wedding. I don't understand how he gets a pass. I, I really don't. And we're all fully aware that he, he has a fetish. It's for little girls. So here's what I'm going to hit you with. And this is probably the biggest question to me. And it's not just R. Kelly specific. But where do we draw the line on what we think is acceptable behavior from, you know, celebrities, musicians, athletes whatever um marvin gay is probably one of my fa- like to this day marvin gay has my favorite song in the history of music and there's another song that he did uh and if you're wondering make me on a holla i'm definitely all about that song like i think that song is great but um here's a song called soon i'll be loving you basically the song was about a, like a little girl that was like 17 and he was passing around to his friends who he ended up messing with now, <laughs> we all think that Marvin Gaye was this great dude. You know, he was trying to heal the community. He was talking about stuff. Um, you know, Inner City Blues, when that came out, it was a big thing talking about just the, the plight of the world and Black people. We never think about him in the light of being like a pedophile. We think of him, you know, his father shooting him because I guess he was hiring some drugs or something. But what's the line? Like, you have Bill Cosby who, you know, for most of our lives... We saw as an upstanding guy, he probably leaned on the identity politics stuff just a little bit too much. 
but we certainly all respected him. Then we found out that he's a rapist. So where do we draw the line? Like, what makes it acceptable for us to like one person but hate another? I mean, in this era of 45, I don't know where the line gets drawn anymore. When you have your leader of the free world making daily misogynistic comments, it's going to always be a trickle-down effect to the general population. And I think people are even more emboldened right now because no one seems to be drawing the line with him, feel no need to draw the lines with themselves, with society. I just feel like things are really on a downward slope for women's rights, LGBT rights, for as much as President Obama did for our, our country as a whole. I'm seeing things revert back and revert back quickly for the first six months. So I hate Donald Trump. Oh. Let me not say that. I dislike the president. As not as a person, I dislike uh kind of what he stands for. But I can't assume on him, right? Like we've been giving certain people and celebrities a free pass on stuff for a long time. And this is why I'm I'm dead serious. Like, yo, I, I think it's messed up that people do stuff, but where do we draw the line? Like if it was your brother that, you know what I'm saying, was doing something kind of shady, are you gonna unfortunately like distance yourself from your brother if it was your sister would you do the same thing like where do we draw the line and decide what's right or wrong for what we're going to support because a lot of times like those lines get blurred real quick like because you could two step to the um step in the name of love at the next black wedding you go to we're willing to give r kelly a pass because we all love the cosby show i got a shirt right now that says i've been crushing on denise since the 80s like that's, that sounds like a shirt that you would own, by the way. I know I got a shirt with uh, Claire Huxtable um, on it, or Felicia Rashad is Claire Huxtable from the eighties. You know what I'm saying? Like it has her face on it. Like I'm a I'm a big fan of that era, um, just because I grew up. With it. So, but just because just because Bill Cosby post the Cosby Show era has turned out to be or allegedly accused of doing all of these horrific things to women. That doesn't automatically negate that childhood, you know, sentiment that we will all carry with us from the Cosby show and the lessons that we learned in those early sitcoms. I mean, you can't discredit that. Just like, you know, people are always going to respect the juice and like R. Kelly's songs or like Usher's music. And that's an internal line. I can't. You know, I, I say you could start with parents and what they accept and the trickle-down effect, but at the end of the day, your kid goes to school and he's around other kids. And, you know, if you allow that behavior to spread, it does, like wildfire. Things are, aren't, aren't acceptable to you. If, it, if, if you have a group of people and they're going against your beliefs right in front of you, are you going to speak up every time? Face persecution by the mob? You're gonna let it slide, even though it bothers you. I don't think we really have a. Yeah, that, that's why I said I don't really have an answer. Because um, a lot of times people will ask me, well, why do you still watch the Cosby Show? Or why do you think a different world is cool? Or, you know, any of these things that, you know, basically can go with what Cosby did, considering that he allegedly raped like 50 women, if not more. And we just don't know the other victims that have, you know, 
didn't come forward or didn't feel like they had a credible case. I mean, Bill O'Reilly has done a lot of, but he's about to probably have a Netflix show and and a podcast. So somebody said, okay. So that was going to be my question. Um, A lot of people, you know, were really happy to see O'Reilly lose the O'Reilly factor on Fox, right? Specifically, like, um, liberals, black people, we're like, nah, good riddance. We're glad that you're gone. But we're not quick to, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bill O'Reilly didn't do anything worse than what Bill Cosby's alleged to do. I, I would even make the argument that Bill Cosby's is worse. But we're kind of rolling with Bill. We're, you know what I'm saying? We're like, yo, you know what? You're one of us. We got you. We're going to, you know, wrap the cocoon around you and try to protect you. Before O'Reilly, we're, really, we're kind of willing to let him hang. Like, when Bill Maher said the N-word, we were really, the, we were kind of letting him hang. Like, nobody was like, hey, let's just defend this and be like, you know what? Don't say it again. It was a bad joke. We know you're not racist. If that would have been the narrative that I heard, I would have been like, all right, cool. Like, I know we're in a good place. All I ever heard about is how terrible of a person he is, how he's racist, how he does these things. And it's like, yeah, of all of the people that give you a voice, and I'm not saying that you got to be thankful of like, oh, yes, master, you gave me a voice. Like, you gave me something that you didn't have to do. But certainly just because somebody has a poor choice of words based on a joke. I don't know how we're making these blanket statements about people, but we give other people's passes. So like, if you happen to be my race, I tend to give you a free pass on something. That's kind of sucks. Like, we know, for example, uh, Darren Sharper, uh, he got convicted of raping mad women. Mad women. Like, there should be no debate on, you know, him being a good guy or us supporting him. Like, yo, universally, if you rape mad women and he had all these concurrent cases that kind of went up at the same time and they settled, he's doing something like 20 years for each case. It's like, this is how justice is supposed to work. It doesn't matter what color you are. Honestly, you're supposed to be treated fairly. And I feel like a lot of times in public opinion, we might not necessarily do that. Well, are you looking at it, too, from the, the male-female perspective, my brother? Nah, ladies ladies get raped and men walk away? Oh, I think that's terrible. I think that's terrible. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm trying to pander to women. Like, these, these cases turn into serious victim-blaming situations. Where were you? What's your proof? What, is, what exactly were you doing 18 years ago? I don't believe you. Why didn't you say it then? Why are you coming out now? I mean, rape is not a fun thing. It's pretty traumatizing. Most women carry it like it's a PTSD, uh, PTSD scar for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I don't like the slut shame when we do to people. Like, um, let, me just, let me be straight up. Um, this is as a guy, so I don't have a dog in this race, but at the end of the day, here's what's not acceptable. You get raped as a woman. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you went to somebody's hotel room, their house, I don't care that you were laying in a bed. The minute you decided to be like, nah, I'm out, I'm out. That should end it right there. So why are we discussing your history or your past like that has anything to do with like what happened in that minute? Because truthfully speaking, like I've been in situations like I'm a guy where maybe somebody you thought they were down and it was like, yo, like I want to do this. And it's like, nah, let's not go that far. Yo, you stop. Period. I'm not going to say like, yo, I heard my man smash. So why can't I smash? Like that's that should have retarded to me. And I hate that this is how we, you know, deal with women or treat women in this society. Um, 
Well, it's been for hundreds of years now. Uh, you know, we make some leaps and bounds, but, uh, you know, the objectification of women and their bodies has been an age-old tradition by men. And uh, now that it can happen in a digital form, and we can all read about it, see it, go back a couple of years or decades and read how bad it was back then and see how little progress has happened, you, you, you start to understand how these celebrities get away with stuff like this egregiously. Not just like one or two women, but 15, 20, 50. It's like, what? what? You're a celebrity. Why do you need to be a predator? I'm sure someone wanted to say yes. See, but that's, as a counterpoint, this is where I have a hard time with a lot of the stuff that's not because I think that women are being promiscuous or women are lying. In my mind, I'm thinking, why would this guy have to do that if he's in this position of power? Like, exactly. I like R. Kelly. R. Kelly could have any grown woman he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, there, there'll be a few that say no. But for the most part, R. Kelly could have had any grown woman he wanted. But my man went on BT years ago and they were like, yo, do you still mess with teenagers? What's a teenager? Like 19, te a teenager? Ninja. Like, wh what are we talking about? You're like a 40-year-old man. You can easily get somebody that's... I'm not even saying they got to be that much older. But if, you, if you're if you messing with like a girl that's like 25 when you're 40, nobody's really going to blink an eye. They're going to be like, yo, you want some Playboy stuff. Like, I get you, it. If you're messing with a 15-year-old in your 40s, she don't even know your songs. She just knows you're famous in some way. Fact. <laughs> I do not remember what the last memorable R. Kelly single was. And I'm talking about from like a you know release standpoint, like maybe the last big thing I remember might have been like the whole step in the name of love stuff. Like, nah, he had like a feature in a Magic Mike song. <laughs> no man saw Magic Mike. So. <laughs> Double XL. No man saw that either. Like, <laughs> I want to say like the preview came on in the movies, and I'm like, yo, like, yo, they gotta get this out of here. I don't care what Channing Tatum is doing. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what tanked his career. Because Channing Tatum was the man for a minute. But what do I know? Um, I guess that should lead into uh, what we're going to say allegedly is the case with Usher. Um, and I know this is a real TMZ-ish kind of episode, but uh, what are your thoughts on it? So gross. So gross. Why? First of all, that's nothing to play with. Like an STD, herpes is forever, forever. There's no cure. It's gross. But what's gross about it is that if he knew, and this is at all true, I mean, this is a crime. This is an STD crime. So, you know, again, when you start to see the pattern of these alleged payoffs over the years, you're like, well, what am I supposed to think here? You, you show a pattern of behavior of, of having all of these ladies from across the years saying you gave them an STD and paid them off for undisclosed amounts. So I really like Usher. Usher's probably my favorite. He's probably my favorite R&B artist. Like, and I guess this is one of those things where for me, where do I draw the line? Um, 
all of these memories I have growing up, him is, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can sing Usher's first song that came out when I was in eighth grade in middle school, I believe. Like, I sung that song all the time. I, thought, I was like, yo, this song is dope. Pretty sure I sung it on like a talent show or something. Um, yeah, my way was my everything. Nah, this is before my way. Mm. This is, you know, like, this is when Usher was hanging out with Diddy. Uh, I would break out a rendition of this, but I'll save that for some clips for later. But this is my point where I have somebody who I admired based on their talent forever. And then you have this situation happen where it's like, I don't know at what point you allegedly caught this. Um, I don't know if you've allegedly done the things that people are accusing you of doing. But if you are, there's nothing cool about that. Like, is it okay for me to run back and be like, yo, I want to go listen to my way. I want to hear like confessions. I want to hear, um, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like Usher versus Usher, what was it? Usher versus Raymond was one of my favorite albums of this decade for sure. Like I still bump that to this day. Um, it is just women hating on the most viral level possible. Just the idea if he knew and is infecting these women without telling them is insane. It's masochistic. Like, it's, it's disgusting. Like, I can't even... I'm really hoping that these things are just a series of disgusting circumstances. <laughs> so, I'm going to humanize this a little bit. And before anybody thinks anything crazy, no, I don't have herpes. I have been tested for it. Uh, I had this incident happen one time where I was uh, messing with this young lady and let's just say some adult things happen. Um, we go out, let's say maybe three days after this goes down. We're sitting on this rooftop spot in DC. This was years ago, mind you. And she's like, yo, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, all right, what's good? What's up? And I'm saying the mad casual, it's really nonchalant. I'm not thinking it's a big deal. She just starts crying. I'm like, what are you crying for? Like, you, you're, first off, you're embarrassing me. I know people around here. Um, I don't need anybody looking at me like I did something to you. Always starting yeah. trauma. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yo, like, chill. What's, what, what, what is going on? So she goes to tell me. She's like, hey, um, I have herpes, and I didn't know how to tell you before we did what we did. So you could imagine my like my shock. Um, when somebody tells you something like that, like, I feel like I wasn't working with all that information. So certainly, um, there's a period of how I could discuss this and feel this, like allegedly these other women are feeling, uh, yes, you know what I'm saying? We, we were safe or what I thought was safe. Um, but it was a scary time. Like that was a scary, like few months. Cause you know. I went to urgent care the next day, instantly got tested. I want to say... All the shots. Yo, but here's, what, here's how they get you. So, like, I got tested on, like, a Thursday, and they're like, yeah, we'll call you with the results. Um, probably Saturday. I didn't hear on Saturday. Didn't hear on Sunday. I'm just in the house, just upset. Uh, I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to play ball. I don't want to do nothing. Monday comes, still didn't hear nothing. Tuesday comes, and then they call me, and they're like, hey... Uh, test results came back negative. You're okay. You know, 
I'm really happy. But they said, just as a precaution, you should get retested in like four months. So I'm still like, you know what I'm saying? At this point, I'm like, yo, I'm not in the clear. And all I could think about that entire, you know, entire time is like, fuck, this is something that I now have to um, figure out a way to disclose to people what I meet them if this is something that I have. And that was did you, scary. Did you have to disclose it? I didn't have it. Like, uh, now I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna keep it really real. Uh, I was definitely going through a very dry spell at that moment. Um, yeah. But it was more self-imposed because, I mean, I was living in D.C. and like, I had a dope crib in, in the city. Like, I could have had any chick I wanted, but I'm not going to say that. But I, I could have got play, but I definitely shot away from it because I was really worried. And I didn't want anybody to feel like I felt. Which I think is the respectable human being thing to do. If you are not 100% in the clear for having a sexually transmitted disease and you have to wait four months to get checked again to really, really be in the clear, you should probably not touch anybody. And if you do, then you have to disclose, hmm, I might be 50% shade right now. So I say all of that to say, um, I don't know what, like, what, what motivated uh, Mr. Raymond. I don't really know any of that stuff. All I know is that that's some scary shit to deal with. And I thank God <laughs> way more than anybody would ever realize that that wasn't something that happened to me. Because again, how do you explain that to somebody? I don't know. Um, hopefully the shorty that, that uh, I had this incident with learned how to be able to share that. Um, I'm not saying she was a bad person or she was out to get me, but you still got to be responsible for your actions. And so that's why I say, like, if Usher's really out here doing all of this, somehow he's got to be responsible for his actions. And I don't think money is enough. Sue me. But I don't know if I can stop listening to, like, Usher music. Like, ultimately, does that make me a bad person for not wanting to leave that alone? I mean, we haven't said the number one and the greatest, Michael. Michael Jackson, you go, you gonna stop listening to Michael? Yo, I don't believe Michael Jackson touched them kids. I'm, call me a super fan. I might be a stan. I don't believe he did that. We've never got substantive proof for that. And, and, or am I just tripping? And you can tell me if I am. No, I have Michael Love. I have a hard time. I just separate them in my brain. Like they're two different entities. <laughs> I can't, I can't even associate any of that drama in his personal life with his music. And, and it is a separation that I happily do in my brain and listen to off the ball all the time. I'm just going to, I don't want to say I'm a prayer about it. I'm like, judge me. Yeah. Like, we all have our guilty pleasures. And ultimately, um, that's what it is for me is figuring out what exactly it is where I don't want to necessarily do any of this. Um, what's the guilty pleasure for each of us? Like, is it okay for me to listen to these people or these things? Well, you know, going back to R. Kelly and the, the story line for, for him this week with this cult situation, D, I have seen this scenario before more than once. Older men 
rich, big mansion, chicks live there, there are rules, no boys allowed, dinner at 9 p.m. sharp in cocktail dresses. These little societies, they exist. And there are girls willing to live there. Under rules, the trade-off is you jet off to faraway countries all the time. You're in Ibiza, you're in the south of France on a yacht. You get nights out. But there are rules. And for some reason, females trade off their lives to live in a lack of luxury. You're so going to have to say that again because you're breaking up. Yeah. Um, I said, for some reason, there are females that live in the lap of luxury in exchange for whatever this person wants them to do. They're smart girls. They're street girls. Wouldn't you rather, like, uh, <laughs> I can't even say anything. I'm like, oh, disgusting. But I've seen them before. I've, I've met a couple of these ladies, and they're perfectly fine with it. So if they're fine with it, why isn't the rest of the world okay with it? I mean, the rest of the world ain't okay with everything. It's people's fetishes. People like things. People like asphyxiation sometimes. Other people like threesomes. No, nah, you know what I like? I like grown women. <laughs> like, Amen. I ain't, I'm not really trying to date it. I have no business dating a woman that's 21. Like, what does that look like? I'm not even that old. I have no business dating a 21-year-old. What are we talking about? I mean, I will say that ladies do progress a little mentally faster than gentlemen, but um, that is not the case whatsoever. 21-year-olds, 35-year-olds, that is a massive gap. That is a child still. Not even in college yet. And let's even keep it all the way real. You're probably not even doing the freaky stuff I want you to do in the better life. Like, you haven't graduated to that yet. Like, I could think about my sex life when I was 18, my sex life when I was, like, 25, and then my sex life when I was 35. I'll take the 35-year-old sex life, like, way more than I'll take the earlier stuff. You just know what you're doing. Like, had practice. Like, it's, all nice <laughs> enough. It's, it's, it's like riding a bike. Like, now we're all good at it. But, you know, if you don't have anybody else in the world and you are a young woman from the middle of nowhere with no money, no means of you getting out of your podunk town in the middle of America, and an opportunity like that came along where you can live in said mansion for a year or two, if you've got brains, make your contacts, leave. I can understand why some young girls would consider that as a entertaining option so but you know it is not too far away from mr kelly's establishment his little cult apparently allegedly yeah it basically sounds like what is that uh taz's angels um um but you know and they just they're on social media all the time like i never watched that and i really didn't follow them on instagram but i heard of it it was a big deal it sounds ratchet and i want no parts um. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like the real lives, like Bad Girls Club, but um, all they did was like twerk all day and do drugs, I believe. But again, and I really mean this, I, I never watched them. I just, I heard about it through the grapevine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sound like you don't believe me. I'm serious. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
Okay, okay. To each their own. I followed a few Instagram models one day, but I was not on the Taz Angel train. Remember when, like, people didn't know that if you tethered your Facebook to your Instagram post, and they can tell, like, what you were looking at, <laughs> and then it would show up on people's Facebook timelines, like, all 80 ass pictures that you just liked? That'd be so funny. You learn so much about people. I know. This is, I'll even be real. This might have been, I didn't actually start liking anybody that I didn't know's photos until like a year ago. It was always one of these situations where I'm like, um, I was in relationships at the time. And I'm like, yo, I want my girl being like, yo, why are you liking this random woman's picture? And you're like, I can't explain that. And I'm not really trying to argue about it. And even now. I'm very much, I don't like anything from anybody who I don't personally know that if it represents something that's a little, um, let's just say risque, I ain't really rocking with it. I will not be liking that. If you are a woman that I'm cool with and you don't have like, maybe like a Bible quote or something real inspirational in it, not liking that shit. Uh, I just like pictures of like family, kids, and like stuff that's like, Braided G, and I feel like that keeps me out of trouble. Yep, call me lame because that's what the fuck I'm doing. Don't care. I feel like you got a long checklist, checklist of things that you do and do not like, sir. Yeah, well, nah, I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. Like, it's so easy. You know how many people get in the fights over social media? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually like older guys that aren't on social media. They like just don't really. They only have Facebook. They're not really on Instagram. I love. It. Yeah, one day we're going to talk about that. I feel like that's an off-air conversation. Um, is there anything else you want to add for this week? Anything you miss? Um, I am in St. Louis this week for the National Urban League Convention. I'm very excited. It is at the America Center. There is a free expo if you're in the St. Louis area from July 26th to the 29th. Come down. There's a career fair. You can go online and download the app for it. Just type in National Urban League. It'll come up. It says Save Our Cities. I believe we'll be out in Ferguson at some point this week as well. And at a local church. So um, I implore everyone in the St. Louis area. Shout out to my YPs, my young professionals, all descending upon St. Louis. We are blessed to be here. Happy to uh, spread the good word. Yeah, build those communities. Not gonna and, add any more to that. I'm letting you rock with that one. That's thank you. It's been uplifting. Uh, Empowering communities, changing lives. All about. So we do. Um, it's been another episode of the Real World. Uh, you know, you can find us anywhere that podcasts are available. We are in the iTunes Store, Google Play, SoundCloud. Check us out. It's been another episode. We'll see you next Wednesday. Peace and blessings.